Right now, homes are more affordable than they've been in decades. And Quicken Loans has a mortgage program that will help you buy that perfect home. Call Quicken Loans right now. They can even introduce you to a local real estate agent that can guide you through the process step-by-step. With more than 25 years of helping American homeowners, Quicken Loans makes the process as easy as possible. With a streamlined approach and proactive updates, they provide you with the certainty you need to search for the home of your dreams. And highly trained Quicken Loans specialists are standing by, ready to help you take advantage of this incredible mortgage opportunity. So give Quicken Loans a call now. Call 888-249-1425. Find out how much home you can afford. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. Nationwide licensing number 3030. Quicken Loans, engineered to amaze. Call 888-249-1425. That's 888-249-1425. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Dream Reality New Earth Radio, reminding you that the choice is yours. I'm Dr. Dream with my co-host, Ilya Nabatovsky. And now, on with the show. Welcome. It is August the 2nd, 2011. You are here with us at Dream Reality New Earth Radio. I am Dr. Dream and... And I am Ilya Nabutovsky. Welcome. Oh, it is so good to be back. Uh, Here we are, another Tuesday, another... Incredible uh, broadcast, a great guest, um, and just this incredible life that we're here living. Right, Ilya? Absolutely, and I can't believe that it's already August of 2011. I can't even remember when we started doing this radio show. It it feels like it's been just going on forever. Well, you know, it's something special. I, I will tell you that um, I was I was looking over uh, the archive uh, after last week's show with Jenny Ross, and um, we've got 115 or 116 free uh, broadcasts available on iTunes, where you can search Dr. Dream or the name of the particular guest to get the broadcast. We have it right. on the um, drdream.com site, and then we have it on, on uh, since we've started with Blog Talk Radio, they also have been archiving uh, episodes. So um, we really have established quite, a, um, quite an archive of wonderful guests and information and interviews, and, and what are we talking about here? We're talking about sharing the pure energy from our hearts to have an impact on people. And um, I I, I just love that we have the opportunity to do it. And Ilya, I just want to take this moment to thank 
you for assisting in the facilitation, in the orchestration of this dream reality, New Earth Radio uh, broadcast and project that we've been doing. And you've been um, here with me on this since the get-go. Yeah, and it's quite an honor um, to be given this opportunity. So thank you, Dr. Dream, for opening up this amazing um, opportunity for me to be able to step in and share my gifts. And I love that, you know, every guest that we have on our show really shares their information with an open heart and really sends a positive message and allows people to really find their own truth. Um, by sharing their own experiences and their own uh, transformative life journey. So it's really been uh, an amazing journey and quite fun as well. So thank you, Dr. Dream, for, for allowing me that amazing opportunity. Wow, we just sort of slipped into the mutual admiration society here at the beginning of tonight's <laughs> broadcast. Um, I love that. Thank you, Ilya. And, you know, it, it is exactly um, what our intro says it is. It's, it's reminding all of us that the choice is ours. And our guest tonight is, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit at a loss of words. I, I have followed... Um, tonight's guest um, on the internet and uh, had the opportunity to uh, to meet him in person several times and and uh, and to hear him speak and and uh, I, I just uh, this is to me um, a, a real coup uh, so to speak to have um, to have this person as as tonight's guest. Um, he is mesmerizing, to say the least. His life is, as I have, uh, as I perceive him, his life is an outward example to all of us of the change that can happen when one person is dedicated to their life purpose and and their passion. And... Um, I mean, there's so much more I could say, but but you know me, um, I'm going to jump right out of the introduction and jump right in to just to to welcoming you to the show tonight, Coot Blackson. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to Dream Reality New Earth Radio. Hey, Doctor Dream, Ilya, it's an honor to be hanging out with you both today, and I've been looking forward to it for quite a few weeks now. So it's great to be finally here, and uh, you guys are bouncing off the walls with love. So. I uh, feel very, very uh, excited and honored. So thanks for having me. Beautiful. Thank you. Now, I, I'm impressed that you said that you've been thinking about this for three weeks. But, um, and I'm not doubting that at all. But your last three weeks have probably been um, pretty darn busy. I understand that, um, that you are just uh, recently back in the United States. Tell us, uh, Coop, yeah. what, what have you been doing? Well, I just got back into Los Angeles very, very, very late last night, probably early this morning, around 1 a.m., and uh, kind of backtracking. I was in London, and before that, Brazil, and before that, I was in Bali, Indonesia. And at the beginning of the month, starting on July the 4th, which is in the States anyway, Independence Day, uh, I, facilitated, I basically was in, in Bali 
with a group of amazing individuals from all over the world facilitating uh, what I, a training I created uh, called Boundless Bliss, uh, the Bali Breakthrough Experience. And we had people from Switzerland and the Dominican Republic and, and uh, Germany and pretty much all over the world that came together to be a part of a really amazing 11-day uh, immersion experiential seminar training without walls where I basically used Bali as a backdrop to facilitate uh, transformation and opening and heart opening and soul opening. and It was really, really, really incredible and amazing and life-changing and beyond my wildest expectations, uh, so to speak. So it was 11 days of magic and madness and just, just deep transformation, tears, laughter, joy. And for me, it's always an honor to see souls breaking open to who they really are, souls, individuals peeling away the layers, the layers of illusion, the layers of the dream characters and really uh, deepening and accessing more and more of who they truly are and living that in the world. So that was the beginning of my July anyway. So it was, it's been quite a magical month to say the least. I love it. Now, you do these trips several times a year, is that right? Well, this, this, uh, what I do, what you're probably referring to is what's called the liberation experience. And what I'll say about that is the liberation experience I do three times a year. I've been doing that for the last five years, Dr. Dream. And basically what that is, it's, it's, that is a, it's a radical journey. It's one of the most intense things I, I, I do in terms of, uh, one of my offerings. And basically that's a one-on-one -on -one journey where I take a, a visionary or someone who is a leader, wants to be a leader, and really have an impact uh, on culture, on society, on the world, and give their gifts at the highest level possible. And basically, uh, I take you, and uh, I take away your money, take away your passport, take away everything. All you have is a backpack, a pair of clothes, and you're stuck with me for about 13 to 14 days, so approximately two weeks. And during that time, I facilitate a radical, experiential, immersion, uh, transformational process where, where uh, it, it's a one-on-one -on -one process. So really, there's nowhere to run, there's nowhere to hide, and and uh, we're on planes and trains and automobiles and you know in the biggest slums to the Ganges to the Himalayas to temples, meeting with saints and yogis and teachers and shopkeepers and and we go all throughout India and it's 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 for me it's it's probably the most intense thing I do it's the most radical thing I do and uh, it's really a process where I take away all those things that you might be holding on to for a sense of safety, a sense of comfort, a sense of identity. You know, we often think we're free when we're sitting at home meditating, oming, chanting, do, do, doing yoga, and we often say, oh, yes, I'm, I'm free. But the moment you take away someone's iPhone, someone's iPad, someone's Internet, someone's identity, then you get to really see where you've been basing your sense of self, where you've been basing your sense of confidence, where you've been basing your sense of identity, your sense of power. So for me, it's about peeling away all those layers. And each individual, because it's a one-on-one -on -one process, gives me the permission to really go, to take them to the edge, to take them to those depths and really peel those layers away. And uh, it's radical. So that's, that's what I do three times a year, and I usually do that in April and October and December. But what, what I did in Bali, what started happening over the last few years, 
was people would start asking, wow, when are you going to do a group process of this kind uh, in India? And I just never felt the calling. And about a year ago, uh, a year and a half ago, I, was, I found myself on a personal journey in Bali, Indonesia, and was led to the most magical caves and temples and, and valleys and, and healers and just had such a profound experience. And it was like receiving the transmission of feminine essence, feminine grace, the, that vib vibratory frequency and healing energy, you know, of the mother, of the divine feminine. It was like in Bali, in a sacred valley, I had this profound experience and just layers were washed away from me. And it was as a result of that personal journey that I finally felt the calling to create uh, Boundless Bliss, the Bali Breakthrough Experience, where we're going to take about 20 to 22 people uh, to to Bali, and uh, it's a leadership training. And I feel right now more than ever, you know, with the state of the world, and the world is, you know, kind of people are often talking about. There's a crisis happening right now. Things are falling apart. Old paradigms, old systems, old ways of doing relationship, old ways of doing business, old ways of, you know, money. All these old systems as they collapse, we're being forced to connect with something deeper. And I feel as though more and more. The universe, the world is inviting a higher level of conscious and authentic uh, vision and conscious and authentic leadership that each and every one of us are being called to a higher level to really get in touch with who we truly are beyond the form, beyond the illusions, beyond the dream, and, 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 and really live our souls, live our spirits, and and live a high level of leadership and, and really create a much more enlightened culture. And To me, a real leader is a follower, a follower not of the ego, not of conditioning, not of the mind, but a true leader is a follower of the spirit, a follower of beingness, a follower of soul, someone who has really, really gotten in touch with the true source of what is essentially living him or her and, and is so surrendered to that so surrender to that life force energy that he or she's being lived by that, and, and essentially they're kind of following that. So now's the time. You know, we're living in really exciting times, it feels like. Oh, that's absolutely no question about that. I will tell you that I have spent, um, I don't know, the last couple of weeks um, more focused on you than I normally am. Um mm. And uh, I've been watching, um, I mean, I've been watching videos of you speaking, uh, telling stories, um, sharing by the example of your, of your life. I've been watching music videos. I've been yeah. so impressed with the different um, mediums, the different channels that, that you put yourself out there in. Um, and I love it. So here we are at the beginning, pretty much the beginning of this broadcast. Before we jump into more of what's happening now and everything else, I wanna I wanna hear a little background. I mean, I, yeah. I know quite a bit from from hearing stories yeah. and, and reading about you, but I want you to share some of your your background and your you know really your your amazing story of what got you from from the beginning of you here sure. in this embodiment to where you are now. Sure. I'd love to share a little bit, Dr. Dream. And um, basically, you know, I was, I was born in Ghana, West Africa. My father's from Ghana. My mother's Japanese. I grew up in London. And so I always felt this, 
like like a citizen of the world. I never felt a sense of nationality or identity. But my first memories were as a five-year-old, four or five-year-old boy, were two things that really impacted me that were significant that, that I really recall. The first one was I always felt a deep sense of uh, a calling, a deep sense that even at age four, age five, I was really in touch with a deep calling to serve humanity, that my life in this lifetime wasn't necessarily my life. It was really here to serve humanity, here to serve my generation, the new generation. That was the first thing that really impacted me as a young boy. The second thing was I remember growing up as a kid and seeing uh, blind people see and deaf people hear and people standing up out of wheelchairs and, and people throwing away crutches and, and uh, miracles basically and for me that was my daily reality i grew up in a in a kind of reality where everything was possible nothing was impossible you could say there weren't really any limitations in that sense and by, what i mean by that is uh i grew up seeing a man who was my father uh put his hands on people and heal people so my father uh had about 200 250 churches in ghana west africa a church in london and i grew up seeing you know, he was considered the miracle man of Africa, kind of like an African Siddha, an African Sai Baba. So I grew up in a very interesting environment, and my father had these churches, and my mother was, was Buddhist. And, and as a result, I started reading uh, hundreds and hundreds of books and meditating at a very young age. And I always felt something calling me deeper and deeper on the spiritual path, and I started speaking in, in my father's churches when I was age eight. And they felt like, you know, my entire life was kind of mapped out for me. It was as though I was going, I was basically, by the time I was 14, I was designated the successor of my father's ministry, and he has hundreds of thousands of followers. And uh, I was designated as the guy who was going to be taking over. And, you know, as much as I felt a deep calling to serve humanity, and, and, a, and, an, and was, I was really inspired by that, something was always not quite right because I must have been about 14 and I read a book by the man called, you probably heard, J. Krishnamurti. And uh, very, I was very inspired by this Eastern enlightened master and mystic and philosopher. And I, I could relate to a lot of his life story in that he'd been groomed from a very young age to take over the spiritual organization. And, and, uh, but there were a few things he said in this book that totally blew my mind. And it wasn't so much the words, it was the energy. And he talked about how a, a free mind is not a conditioned mind. A free mind is not a Buddhist mind, a Jewish mind, a Catholic mind, a Christian mind. You know, a free mind is free beyond conditioning. And he went along this path about, you know, what it is to live beyond conditioning is to live beyond personality and to live beyond the past. And he just continued as I read this guy's book. And it was literally like a moment where, you know, we all have those moments where the universe hits us over the head, where something happens, a light bulb goes off, and in that moment it happened for me. And I knew in that moment my destiny was not to to impact people or serve people through the structure of a church, through the structure of a religion, uh, in a sense, through my father's ministry, but in a in a way that was more accessible to the new generation, which is kind of why I use these different mediums to reach different kind of modalities of people, different demographics and and uh get my message out in, in in different ways that really make it accessible to, to to a wide variety and a wide group of people so from that age i kind of went through this internal dilemma dr dream and uh 
kind of sat with that for a couple of years, and by the time I was 17, finally had the courage to sit with my father. And I feel as though there comes a point where we all know that there's something bigger within us seeking to happen. We feel a calling. We feel a deeper truth than we're currently living. We're given an intuition and nudging a guidance. Maybe it's we need to leave this relationship. Maybe it's we need to leave the country. We need to move houses or we need to sell something or, or we need to change careers. We feel this deeper nudging. To me, that nudging is the ultimate impulse of life itself. That nudging is the is the intuitive force, the life force energy of spirit of God, of the divine, that is kind of nudging itself through our form, kind of knocking on our door saying, this direction, wake up. Yet often at times because of fear or, 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 or the mind, we, we may not listen to it. You could say I was young enough at 17 to be naive enough to say, okay, let me listen to this intuition I feel, this nudging I feel, and I got the courage to have a conversation with my father. My father wasn't the kind of guy you really had a conversation with. He was the kind of guy you just said yes to. So for me, it was a big deal. It was, it was a rite of passage for me uh, of kind of coming into my manhood and truly deciding either I'm going to take the comfortable path where my life is made out for me, either I'm going to take this comfortable path and follow the road that's known, or I'm going to follow the road of spirit and trust. And that's when I sat down with my father, decided I was willing to risk everything for he would never speak to me again, and uh, told him, Dad, I love you, but I'm not going to take over your churches. This is, I feel, a different calling, which is to serve people, but not through, not in the vision you have. And uh, he didn't say anything. And cut a long story short, uh, we didn't speak for a little while. Uh, you could imagine he was pretty disappointed, and and uh, from that moment I decided I'd come to America. The reason I'd wanted to come to America was uh, all of the authors and te- you know I read like close to 900 to 1,000 books on spirituality, self-help, meditation, psychology, transformation. Up until that point, I was like obsessed with this stuff, you know, and uh, all the authors I'd read about. Uh, from the famous ones to the obscure ones, everyone from, from let's say, Deepak Chopra, Louise Hay, Shakti Gawain, all these Pete Man and Williamson, they happened to live in Southern California, specifically Los Angeles. So I had this crazy idea I was going to come to L.A. and uh, find these teachers and authors and study with them and learn from them and, and, uh, and be mentored by some of them. But I had one slight challenge, and that challenge was, you know, when, when you don't have your support of your family, don't come from a very wealthy background, which I didn't, uh, and I actually chose not to go to university. Uh, I was always a kid that felt stifled in school, so I, I chose not to go to university, so I had one slight challenge, and that challenge was how do I get to America legally in terms of the immigration, and uh, cut a long story short, I ended up uh, winning a green card in the lottery. Uh, it's, a, it's a lottery where the American government gives away 55,000 green cards every year in a computer-generated scheme, and I was simply guided. Uh, one day I just sat in the library, started meditating, and said, Spirit, I, I feel this calling. You know, uh, you've given me this vision to go to America, but how do I get there? And I meditate one day, and all of a sudden someone gives me a magazine called The Economist, and uh, I look in the back, I said, there must be a reason that someone is giving me this magazine. I look in the back, I do like following the clues, you know, and, and sure enough, the American government's giving me 55,000 green cards. A few months later, uh, after I entered it, I had basically 
won a green card in the lottery, and it was it was for me that was a sign uh, that there was a deeper reality, a deeper intelligence of life than my thoughts, than my mind, than my personality that was running my life. And I feel as though when we truly follow that deeper flow, when we truly are obedient and and move and function in sync and in alignment with that deeper intuition that we know, that we feel when we become still and quiet, when we follow that, I truly believe that our life, our uh, the unfolding of our right dharma, the unfolding of our true highest aligned path is is already done. You know, it's already fulfilled. That life intelligence that gives us the vision, that gives us the dream, that gives us that pure desire or intention also knows inherently how to fulfill itself. If we we just have to kind of say yes and get out the way and take the actions and just follow, kind of surf that flow, so to speak. So that's how I ended up in America and you know, I could keep talking, uh, but uh, came to America, found these mentors, and went on a crazy ride. <laughs> to cut a long story short. Awesome! Wow, I love hearing your story, Kud, and I love when we talk about you know just surrendering to the flow of the universe and just yeah. trusting in that intuition. Um, now, yes. I want you to touch upon um, the subject of the default program of conditioning and how. You know, a lot of people are kind of living on autopilot. And just mm. touch upon uh, about that and just um, uh, see if we can just uh, go about uh, figuring out how we can go beyond this default program, how we can go beyond this conditioning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if there's something specific you want to ask about that, you know, let me know because we can kind of really get specific about the way in which we condition. But the way I see it is, you know, from the moment we're born, you know, as these as these beautiful, bright beings, these children that we are, there's, we're in touch with our essence. We're we're in touch with our divinity. We're in touch with a, a divine spark, a, a life force energy. You know, there's a there's a unconditioned. There's much more of an unconditioned sense. But then we go through life and parents who are conditioned, and we're we're thrown in a pond in a in a you could almost say an ocean of society that's conditioned. And we go to school and we're conditioned by teachers that are equally conditioned in their own mind and their own egoic tendencies. And before you know it, media and television, and it just goes on and on and on. And so much of the hypnosis and the seduction of the media starts conditioning us even more. You know, I say one of the things that the media starts doing is it starts distracting us. And it starts distracting us from who we truly are, bombarding us with information and magazines and television. And and now, especially in this uh, day and age, there's social media that if we're not careful, we just get distracted, more and more distracted from who we truly are. So, And then there's pain and there's trauma and there's divorce and there's things, you know, just stuff happening. Before you know it, we start learning all sorts of ways of being, we start learning all kinds of mechanisms, ways of being to deal with our parents, ways of being to function, ways of being to to avoid pain, ways we start contorting ourselves to get love. We start twisting and changing ourselves to be approved, to be liked, to 
to avoid pain, to deal with trauma, to bury certain memories. And before you know, more and more, we, we've so disconnected and shut down that access to that full expression of light that we inherently are, have come in as, and always have been. And before you know it, we start developing these layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of mechanisms and strategies and ways of being just to survive, just to get love, just to function, just to avoid pain. And what's often the case is it happens unconsciously as children. And what's often the case is before you know it, we start going through our lives living these strategies and we get so good at them we get so conditioned and, and, and ingrained in them that we start thinking that this mechanism, this strategic way of being, is who we actually are. And we start believing, no, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a free person. This is actually, this is just who I am. We're, we're not necessarily conscious to the reality that it's a character that we may have, that we have been, you know, conditioned into, that we have learned, we have unconsciously created as a way to function and we often say this is just who I am and we end up living these very limited ways of expressing these very limited ways of of, of being that aren't truly authentic that aren't truly fully self-expressed because we're just you know a, a contracted conditioned person until we start to wake up a little bit until we start to crack that shell open and start peeling some of those layers away and begin to question. Sometimes that question happens through suffering. Sometimes that question happens through pain. Sometimes things happen in our lives, divorce, pain, death, sickness, that finally cause us to look at who we are, to look at who, what we're doing, to look at how we're living, and that cause us to question this strategy, this mechanism, this way of being, uh, the way of relating, and cause us to go a little deeper and maybe deal with some of the pain, deal with some of the suppressed stuff, issues, pain, thoughts, emotions, belief systems that have been lodged in there. And then, you know, we then have the opportunity to start peeling away some of these layers as we start realizing, wow, this, this is not me. Okay, this is not me. Okay. This is not me. Okay, this this pain is not me. Wow, I've I've created a certain way of interacting in relationship to avoid pain, and I thought that was me. Well, let me deal with this pain, but that's not me. And as we start peeling some of these layers away, we start getting in touch with underneath all of those layers with the essential truth, the essential light, the essential brightness, the essential beingness, the already always perfection that's always been there just waiting so for me it's a process you know it's a process of awareness it's a process of bringing consciousness and it's a process of transformation mm, absolutely uh now if you would have to say in one word or a few words underneath all the layers what is left <laughs> uh, you know, and the, the, the reason I laugh is anything I say is not it. <laughs> any any word I use is not it. 
is just pointing to it, but it's not it. I could say, yes, God. I could say, essence. I could say, pure awareness, pure consciousness, you know, infinite intelligence, life. I mean, you know, these are just words. I could say, you know, beingness is just words. And they're great words that can, are just kind of pointing to it. I think the real purpose of life, the real purpose of why we incarnate, you know, is to realize that question, but not as a concept, not as something we read, but to really go through that process to realize the truth of that what's left, to find out who am I really. Am I this body? Am I this mind? Am I this form? Am I my gender? Am I my identity? Am I my personality? I think the real purpose of life is to go beyond, to go beyond, to go beyond. What's left? What's left? What's left? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I really? When I peel that away, who am I really? What's left? And I don't think there's really, essentially, when you really come to that point, there's a word for it. There's a phrase for it. Anything anyone says is, is I think, pointing you to it. But it's, it's like, how do you describe the taste of a strawberry? We can, you know, well, it's tangy. Well, what is tangy? You know, what, what does tangy mean? It's, it's sweet. What does sweet mean? It has to be experienced as a direct experience. And uh, I think that's really the hero's journey that we, more than ever right now, in the midst of this crisis that is an opportunity right now, we are being invited to let go of all those places we've been holding onto as a sense of this is who I am. You know, for so long we've, we've identified with I am my job, I am my status, I am my money, I am my bank account, I am my car, I am my this, I am my relationships. And as all these systems, all these things collapse, you know, in this intense time, in this amazing time, and as we're forced to let go of who we thought we, we were, we are, you could say, profoundly, you know, and in, in, in a way that's a highly quickened way, being forced and invited to get in touch with that reality of who are you really, but not as an idea, who are you really as an embodied reality and um i'd say it's it's beyond words you know but it has to be ex experienced you know we could say pure beingness we could say pure consciousness i mean but you know these are just concepts they're just words i think as each person courageously peels those layers away realizes okay i'm not this form okay you know for for as an example i just had a, a memory and i often go when well, i'm in india a lot. Uh, I'll take one of my clients, and uh, as a part of the, the liberation experience journey, we'll go and we'll watch the body burn in Varanasi. Varanasi is a place by the Ganges where the Hindus believe that this is where if you die and you get buried or you get your ashes thrown into this part of the Ganges, you won't have to take rebirth again. And it, 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 The Ganges is a very powerful, energetically powerful uh, river so to speak. And there's this particular place in, the, in Varanasi where they've been burning bodies for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's really incredible when you see them bring a dead body and then they put the dead body on the wood and then they light the dead body in front of you and you sit with your physical eyes 
looking at a physical body, a flesh body, that is the same as what you're looking out of, and you're looking at that body, and over the course of an hour and a half to two hours, slowly, 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 as a meditation, you watch this body dissolving. You start realizing viscerally that you, we, me, I cannot be this body. We cannot just be this body. We cannot just be this flesh. And the question becomes, well, you know, who am I really? And I think that's what we have to really find. That's what we have to kind of explore beyond the name, beyond the form, beyond the identity. What's left? When you peel away these illusions, what's left? So much of <clears throat> of what you do and and what you put out there um w- that that I've noticed serves as a trigger for people yeah. to you know wake up to that um particularly yeah. I was I was watching and I've watched this now um several times you have almost 30 videos on YouTube um and they they they've all been watched but you have one video on YouTube that has been watched many more times than any other video. And okay. this is the the music video, The Miracle Is You. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> and I, I think it's been watched somewhere upwards of 130,000 times. But um, yeah. And probably five or six of those have been me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I watched it again today, and I... I I really love it. I I want to suggest yeah. to people that they they search for you on YouTube or they type in the miracle is you and watch and listen to this this video because it's it it's it's a it's a beautiful wake up call. Mm, yeah, it's a beautiful and it's simple. You know, it's a simple reality. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. You know, we're often looking for these grand miracles outside, you know, to, to you know, hell, I've been on the spiritual path, we all have, and, and I know I've been guilty of many times looking for, like, this big lightning bolt to just, you know, open my third eye and explode it, and I'm going to see lights and heavens open and kundalini flowing down my nervous system and, <clears throat> you know, some never kalpi samadhi happen, or just these outrageous things happen, and you know, I reached a point where, after having some crazy experiences, the reality was I sat in my chair one day and just started looking at my body. And I remember one moment, it, it, here's how that video happened, Dr. Dream. I just remember just lifting my arm. And it, it was almost like happening in slow motion where it, it was like, wow, everything that had to occur for my arm to just lift up, that I take for granted, that was trillions and trillions of processes that just occurred. And it it was just a simple moment, but I just realized how miraculous that one simple moment is uh, and how every single day of my life I take those simple things for granted while I chase for some far-out, you know, spiritual, esoteric experience, while I take these tiny, effortless, you know, seemingly mundane things I don't even notice that are literally miracles. We are miracles. And I think for me that's the message. We are miracles. And it's not necessarily in 
the grand things, not necessarily like how I grew up seeing blind people, seeing deaf people here. It's not necessarily just in those things, but just in the simplicity of realizing everything that's going on inside of us right now, everything that even has to happen for your listeners to listen to me, to listen to you both right now, the processes. It, it's miraculous, and we don't even take that. Do we take that into account? How 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 much do we actually appreciate that? And and I think for me that's the simplicity of just realizing you are the miracle. You're it. We're it. I'm it. You're it. This is it. So thank you for the for the acknowledgement of that video. Well, it really is a a deeply um, touching piece that you put out. And you know, but as I say, looking at at what you do in general, whether it's it's a music video like that that's just like a definite wow. Or the the uh, different videos I've watched of you um, telling stories about about your life and 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 your experiences and and like the connecting of the dots in such a way that you're able to to share it across the board. This is the other thing I've seen from you is that you you have a very broad appeal. You're not. Um, you know, it's not just a set group of people that are attracted to you. It's a very uh, broad spectrum of people. And that, to me, really speaks of how well you are um, able to share what your truth is and have other people feel that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for acknowledging that. You know, uh, it's not like I intentionally set out to do that, but. I just, it's what happens. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> it's, it's, it's what flows, you know. Uh, yeah, what I'll say about that in a nutshell, just kind of a side note, Dr. Jim, is, you know, as, as, as a kid, I was always, you know, be, having a Japanese mother and an African black father growing up in London, uh, I, 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 I never kind of, I, I was never simply in one group. I was always in different groups. And, and I think... Uh, also, as a result, going through my own process of, you know, you could say unconditioning, for me, it, it, it just allows the energy to flow however it needs to flow. So uh, more and more, I just kind of get myself out the way and just allow spirit to flow. So I'm glad it reaches people and touches people. And it really does. Now, tell us a little bit. Um, you do these, like, I guess, like four trips a year, four big trips a year is kind of what it's coming down to, the three to India and the one to Bali. We do, we do, I do, I do three to India, and we're actually doing a second one to Bali, uh, December the 3rd. So we're doing two, I do two to Bali. The two to Bali are group trips. The three to India are one-on-one journeys. Oh, I got you. Got you. Okay. Now tell me, what what then does your time and your um, focused energy look like for the the rest of the year? What what are you doing? Oh or- wow, it's not it's pretty nonstop in that you know uh, I have a coaching practice where I take on a select group of clients each month. I take on about nine to ten clients one on one each month, and basically I have a one-month kind of transformational process that I take people through that's that's very immersed, it's very deep, and people come from all over the world to to see me in L.A., and that takes up a lot of my time. I'm also uh, writing a book and, you know, working on the music stuff and working right now on a a new music CD. It's called Infinity. The last one was called Love Now, 
this one is called Infinity, and we're kind of I'm sort of hatching some ideas for a new music video for that, and uh, doing some writing for that, and uh, uh, also working on some media stuff and some uh, to turn some of my work into a reality show. So uh, all I'll, all I'll say is to your viewers, hold tight because there's some really exciting things to come in terms of the reality show and. You know, part of my vision, you know, Dr. Dream, more and more is I feel as though the world is calling each of us forward to give our gifts. The state of the world, the way things are going down right now, the universe is calling, requesting, inviting each of us to step forward and give our gifts. And I want to say everyone listening, each and every one of you have a gift, a profound, unique gift and way that spirit, life force, the infinite intelligence is seeking to express to your unique personality. And it's time to give those gifts more than ever. One of my visions and one of my, you say, what am I working on, is part of my vision is really I feel called to take spirituality and self-help and personal growth and this transformational work. I feel called to take it to the mainstream. I feel called so I'm working on a whole bunch of projects to do that. I feel called to take it to, let's say, you talk about the broad appeal, to take it to people that also may not read a book or may not go to a seminar, but they might watch a music video. They might watch television. They might you know, watch a talk show. I feel called to take it. I, I, it's almost like what um, Russell Simmons and Rick Rubin did with hip-hop 25 years ago, and now you look at rap and hip-hop, and it's everywhere. Rap and hip-hop right now is being listened to by kids in Bombay, Bangkok, Bangalore, Brussels. I mean, it's been listened everywhere. It has infiltrated the very fabric of mass consciousness and culture and become a part of mainstream. My vision is really to take the, the, the sort of spiritual information and knowledge and and weave and translate it and and really make it accessible to a new generation so that it starts becoming over the next 5, 10, 20 years, starts becoming a fabric of our daily reality, our daily conversation, and not just necessarily, you know, to festivals or events that I might speak at or people like you might speak at or yoga studios or select bookstores, but just we create a... Uh, a kind of a, a revolution in mass consciousness and raise the consciousness of the masses and really uh, infuse a more enlightened perspective into just mass culture. So so there's quite a few things I'm working on TV-wise for that right now. So it's an exciting time. It's a full time. There's a lot happening. And, and more and more, you know, when I see what's happening in the world, when I see the crisis that's going on, when I see things that are happening, I, f I actually feel, as intense as things are, I actually feel inspired to give my gifts. I feel like right now, now is the time that uh, somehow we have been born at this unique point in human history. We've been born as the whole of the old systems collapse in this sort of emergency on planet Earth where something new is is seeking to emerge for us to see a new possibility of a new reality that we've been born at this time, you know, in, in human history to actually 
co-create a new reality, co-create a new humanity. And, uh, and I think if each one of us really trusts the vision that we feel in our hearts and trusts the impulse of what we feel called to offer, I don't think it's going to happen by one great Maha individual, but I think the revolution in consciousness will happen by each person doing a little bit, each person doing a tiny bit, offering their gift, each person, and that collective will come together and cause a tidal wave of a revolution and tip us to a whole new, uh, whole new reality. You know, when I was in India with one of my clients on a one-on-one journey the other a couple of years ago, I remember I was with him, and we were going 24 hours nonstop. He hadn't slept, hadn't showered. It was day three. He wanted to kill me. He was surrounded by poverty, and I had we'd sat in the train station, and we were going to spend another, God knows, 18 hours in the train station, and he'd been bombarded with poverty. And I remember he turns to me, and this is, you know, not a poor guy, but not a mega wealthy guy, and he turns to me and says, Koo, I really don't even know how, when I see the poverty in India, I just kind of feel like giving up. I, I, it's never going to change. Maybe when I make a billion dollars, then I'll finally get to make a difference. But, and I turned to him, and I took him out of the train station, and I, I said, wait here. And I took him to a bridge where the poorest people in this particular town live. And imagine a group of 30 people that live on this bridge that eat on this bridge, that sleep on this bridge, that make love on this bridge, that, you know, shower on this bridge. This bridge is their entire life, their entire universe. And they have one pair of clothes, and if you sold everything they had, maybe it would come to $2. And I bought about 50 bananas. And I said to this, to, to this client of mine, look, here, are two, here is one banana, and you're going to go to these people on this bridge and you're going to look them in the eyes. It's not about the banana, but you're going to offer them love. You're going to offer them your heart. You're going to just offer them a transmission of your love in this moment and offer, the, offer that to them through the gesture of this banana. So basically, one by one, over the course of the next half an hour, he handed out all these bananas, one by one, to each of these, these people that had nothing. And seemingly a small gesture, seemingly not going to change their lives that radically, I took him across the road. And we sat across the road as this group of people, this group of homeless people, ate, ate these bananas. And you would not have believed the scene. It was literally as though these people had won the lottery. They were jumping. They were eating these bananas, jumping, crying, celebrating. Like, like literally, you'd thrown down you know, a million dollars upon these people. And, and my client was just in tears, crying, because he couldn't believe was a joy that these people received from his offering of one banana. He couldn't believe the impact that one banana had. Now, it wasn't about just the one banana. It was that someone reached out. It was that someone cared. It was that someone made an offering. And perhaps their life wouldn't change for the, forever, but it was an opening. It was a trigger. And I just say that to say, I just share that story to really say is, I feel as though we all have one banana to give. We all have something, some gift to offer, some gift to share, something. Yet what often stops us from giving that gift is 
you know, we're busy trying to perfect ourselves. We think, well, when I heal myself, when I when I heal all my issues, when I heal all my past life issues, my present life issues, my childhood issues, then I'll give my gift. Or we're busy comparing ourselves to, oh, you know, I'm not like that guy or I'm not as eloquent as that person or I'm not as good as that person. So we start comparing ourselves and we stop and we block the flow of the offering of our gifts. <clears throat> what I will say is there's never been a moment, there's never been a moment where life force has flowed through each and every person in a, in the unique, perfect way that it will flow through each and every one of you listening on this radio show today. So each and every one of you have a specific, unique gift that only you can offer in only the way spirit can offer it through you. So if we're willing to trust the gift and the impulse of life to share, to give, to serve, then I believe that we all have one banana, something we can share. And I just say that if we all come together and offer what we have to offer, I think we'll play a revolution. <laughs> That's so great. I want to I want to hear about um how people who have either the um monthly coaching experience with you or sure. the the trip to India what talk yes. to us uh, share with us some of the changes. I mean, what I'm oh, hearing wow. I'm just like on pins and needles hearing everything that I'm hearing from you and I'm like Oh my gosh, these people must yeah. be substantially different after they have an experience with Coot. You know, Dr. Dream, the, the, I, I don't even know. <laughs> you ask me a very hard question when you ask about the India journey and some of these transformation journeys because it's, 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 it's a little difficult for me to talk about because, you know, these journeys, especially, especially to India, is it's a very experiential journey. It's kind of like me trying to describe to someone who's never had a strawberry, you know, what a strawberry tastes like. It's it's you know it's sweet, it's soft, it's red. It's if you you have to experience it. So I'll do the best I can. You know, the journeys to India, I'll just start there. Are so, I mean, I'm humbled to be. I'm humbled to be the facilitator because I get to go through an amazing process myself and I get to really hold the space so that people can unravel. And I get to facilitate a journey. And a, see, when I take someone to India, I don't really decide who goes. Um, I, I just need to give you a minute of backstory. And the minute of backstory is about 10 years ago, I was on the back of a train in the poorest section in India. And... For the, about seven hours, I just wept because I saw this woman with five children. I looked into her eyes, and I just felt the suffering of humanity. You know, About an hour later, I looked into her eyes, and I felt the oneness that interconnected us both. And I started weeping, feeling love. And I thought, wouldn't it be amazing to have world leaders, or, or George Bush, a, a Bill Clinton, a head of Nike, a head of Google, wouldn't it be amazing to have people that were in leadership positions on this train and how would that impact how they served humanity? And cut to three or four years after, that's when I was guided to create this India journey. And when I was first given the download to create this India journey, I'm going to take away your money, take away your passport, facilitate a radical journey, 24-7 non-stop transformation experience. Uh, honestly, Dr. Jean, I never believed 
really in my right mind, anybody would accept or want to go on this crazy, crazy journey. I didn't believe it. I honestly didn't believe it. I'm going to take away your money, take away your passport. You can let me do anything necessary. You know, you'll have no idea where you're going. You'll be completely out of control, and we're going to roll for 14 days, and you're going to pay me. I thought, who's going to do this? But in that moment of that download, I was told something very specific. And to me, this is an important thing that I learned that I want to share. I was told that there would be souls that when they heard about the India journey and, and what would happen on the India journey, when they heard about it, they were destined to do it and they would know it was for them. That was the guidance I was given, that there were souls that were waiting to do this journey and when they heard about it, they would know. That my job was simply to offer the journey and my job was to feel for the alignment. So really what happened was, I, I always say, I don't choose who goes. It's really not in my control. I'm a servant to the process. So what started happening, and it was really amazing, was I, I basically do an interview with someone who potentially wanted to go, and sure enough, the first person applied, and I thought, wow, someone's actually applying for this thing. And I sat with this person, Dr. Dream, and what was incredible is, incredible is I felt that, you know, the tingles. I felt the thing. I felt that, that buzz in my body going, oh, my God, this is, this is what spirit meant. This person's meant to go. Second person, sure enough. Second person, you know, his wife was my, one of my clients, got amazing results working during my one-on-one -on -one process. He thought I was crazy. You know, he, I guess he was a business guy, a business mogul. When he read the invitation to the liberation experience to come to India with me, he said his entire body started to shake and he, and he knew something was happening and that he had to go. When I sat with him, I had no idea whether he was going to go or not, but when I sat with him after five minutes, I felt that resonance. So I shared that to say, I believe that on the India journey, the journey is already in, in, on one level of reality, destined. And my job is to really serve the unfolding of what someone's soul is seeking to experience. So what happens is when I sit with someone, in the very beginning, I ask them a few questions. Number one, are you ready to die? I, I, I do mean physically, not that they're going to die because my vision is to take them through a process and bring them back. But, you know, we're not going to Hawaii. We're not going to, let's say... Uh, you know, we're not, we're not going to Malibu. We're going to India. Anything can happen. So the first thing they have to confront is death. And so often we're so busy avoiding death to the body. We're so busy avoiding, you know, whether it's, you know, exercising, whether it's, you know, coming up with all these techniques to just you know, avoid death, to not talk about it, to stick our head in the sand. The physical body, you know, is, is temporary. The, the quicker we can face the physical, the death of the body, and move through that fear, then I really feel it starts opening us to truly living life rather than avoiding it. And then we start realizing that there's something within us, an essence, a beingness, an intelligence that doesn't die, that is infinite. What we truly are, never born, never die, truly infinite. So the first question I ask people is, are you ready to die physically? Just to face that, to get that over and done with. Second thing is, 
spiritually, mentally, emotionally, to the past, to your identities. That's the first thing. The second agreement before someone goes on the inner journey is simply this. They give me permission to do whatever is necessary, whatever is necessary to freedom. And that means there is nothing that is off limits. There's no, we can touch this part of my life, but we can't touch that. So in a sense, I kind of become a channel for the energy, and I, I'm just guided to go someplace. I'm guided to facilitate certain journeys. I put my clients in certain situations that will bring up lifelong patterns. I put my client and trigger certain, certain things in them that they've been avoiding, they've been resisting, they've been running from. And over the course of 14 days, we go deeper and 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 deeper. Most of the time, after about three days, you know, when someone is faced with survival, when someone's identities are being stripped, it's it's survival. It is an it, it, you could say it's a it's a death to the apparent sense of me-ness. And so, what happens is after about day four, most of my clients want to kill me because they're you know they're struggling for a, a survival of this structure that they've been holding on to for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 60 years of this is me, and I'm sure this is me, and it's kind of worked to get me to this point. However, now I've reached a point where there's certain limitations where this me form isn't working anymore, and now this guy called Ku is coming along and poking at it, and pushing at it, and prodding at it, and trying to find those places where they're holding on, gripping so tightly that there's no freedom, you know, they're a little pissed off at me, so to speak. So once we move through that point, and I facilitate them through that, you can say that death process, the unraveling of the grip, of the holding on of who they think they are, and they start realizing that there's a deeper and bigger and vaster and more expansive infinity that they are, that this personality is just happening inside of that vast ocean of beingness. Once they start realizing that, and they, you could say uh, they dissolve into that, they die, there's a freedom. And I put my clients in all kinds of situations that, that on one level will test their freedom and take away from what they typically might call freedom. So I'll put them in tiny rooms, I'll put them in situations, I'll, you know, the weather will be crazy, I'll, I'll, they won't sleep for four days. I'll basically force them to find a deeper freedom within themselves that's not based on the external world. When your freedom is based on the temporary changing reality of the three dimension. You're not free because it's temporary. It's impermanent. It's up. It's down. It's full of duality. It's ever-changing. So for me, real freedom is not based on anything out there. Real freedom is not based on anything that can come and go. Real freedom is based on something far deeper, something far more profound. Real freedom is based on something much more infinite. So part of the process is to force them, is to invite them, is to move them inside so they can access a freedom within their own beingness that's not dependent 
on anything outside that's not dependent on food, that's not dependent on sleep, that's not dependent on the room they're in, that's not dependent on all these places that they've been holding on to for a sense of false freedom. We think we're free, but, you know, we're, we're holding on to all these crutches of freedom. So as we take that away, as we take that away, to go back to answer Ilya's question, as we take all those places as we take all those things away that someone's been holding on to for a sense of freedom, they will find and realize the answer that's always been there of who am I when I take all that stuff away. So when someone accesses that deeper freedom inside that's not dependent on the externals, I like to say that that is power. That is real power. Not false power, not egoic power, not superficial power, not personality, personal power, but that is real power based on something that is authentic, based on something that is truly profound. And then, as you really access that, and no longer dependent on life having to be a certain way, when my clients come back and go into their lives, when my clients come back, and go into their relationships, when my clients come back and go into the 3D world in the West, in the matrix, because they have now access to deeper freedom, it gives them the freedom to be in the world, but not of the world. It gives them the freedom to really enter the world and be free in the world and love more freely in the world and, and, and you know, do business more free, fiercely and freely in the world, because there's a freedom that's not dependent on the things outside. So, in a nutshell, you know, and I could give specific examples, each person becomes truly powerful to live their full potential because they're not depending on anything outside. And uh, it's a powerful process. I mean, it's, it's, it's exciting for me to talk about it because over the last five years, I've seen radical radical changes. I've seen the most hardened people get, bro get broken down and crack open to who they are, crack open to deeper levels of spirituality. I've seen people that have, you know, been hiding their entire lives and shy break open and become so fully self-expressed because when you really access the deeper beingness inside, when you access the place in you that is not conditioned, there's a freedom that starts to emerge, that starts to manifest, that starts to express. And, and you start, you, you, I was going to say you start living that, but if anything, I'd, I'd say you start being lived by that. And when you start being lived by that, magic happens. You know? So when people get back from an experience like this with you um, that has, rocked their world, has yes. um, challenged the very foundation of, yes. of who they are and what their reality is, Do are, are people coming back and like absolutely shifting their lives and, and making huge dramatic changes? Or are they coming back and able to easily integrate this newfound power and connection within themselves? Or is it somewhere like all of that? I think it's a, you know what it's a great question. I think I would say it's a combination of all of it. It really is a combination of all of it. I've had clients 
come back and, you know, there is an integration process that I take people through where I work with them for a month and, and help them integrate some of these things that have been happening into their daily reality. But what happens organically as people, as each person starts finding their natural rhythm and balance within themselves, as everything from the journey starts integrating within themselves, without force, without mind, you know, to allow that, that energy to emerge, and they find as they find their balance, then exactly what's necessary starts emerging from within them. So for some people, it, it, it might look like simple shifts, subtle shifts, refinements on what they're currently already doing. For others, they've made radical changes. I've had one client, for instance, who's come back and after about two, three months, sold his house, moved locations, changed his business. This is one guy rerouted his entire life because his life before that he was living was so not in alignment with who he truly is now and who is ultimately is always been underneath those layers. I've had clients that have come back and just made subtle shifts. It really depends. You see, when I work with someone, my intention is never to make them into anything. My intention is never to force them into a certain way of being. I call that a very much an outside-in approach. My intention is to really create the space and help each person unravel the layers that prevent the free expression of their own innate intelligence, the free expression of their own blossoming, of their own unfoldment. And as we unravel those layers, then from that place of organicness, that innate intelligence can start to work and, and each person can find their own unique way of what it is to express that freedom in their life. So it's really different for each person. But each, you know, I've taken about 16 people over the last five years and I have to say it's, 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 it's you know, it really is amazing. Does that mean... It's perfect. Does that mean they've become like Jesus, you know, Buddha perfect? No, because on some level, the personality is not perfect. There's no perfection to the personality. So the personality will always have its stuff, but there's a whole different relationship to the personality. There's a whole different relationship to oneself. Does that mean sadness, emotions will never come up for, for my clients? No. There's a whole different relationship and a whole different way that I think they found and my clients find in which they can hold themselves that still allows them where they don't get lost to, you could say, the emotion, lost to the identity. So there's a whole different relationship with themselves that, that also unfolds. Hmm. You know, it's, it's <clears throat> fabulously interesting to me as I listen to you and here I've been, um, you know, very consciously um, on my uh, path uh, for, you know, the last nine years. And in the last year and a half, we've gone to 87 cities. We've done 117 events. And um, but but all of that and 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 all that I've learned and given up and and shifted 
um, and all the realizations and everything in my life. And Coot, I'm sitting here right now listening to you, trying to figure out how I could um, go with you to India. And I'm wondering <laughs> what exactly my 14 days would be like. I mean, it's really – it has really captured – um, my imagination. So, I mean, I, I, I so honor you for, for what you're doing. And I, what I really love that you, you shared um, just a bit ago is, is that when you first came up with it, you were like, yeah, who's going to do this? Nobody's really going to do this, you know. But I, I, I didn't believe anyone would. Honest to God. And for me, I share that with you, you and your viewers, just as testament to say, look, I, you know, people will often say, "Cool, oh, you're so amazing, you're so inspiring." I'm like, look. What's amazing and what's great is the great one. I mean, we're all the great one, but the great one that's living our soul. That's what's amazing. I, I, if anything, I just keep being, I don't know, foolish enough to say, <laughs> uh, you know, I use that lightly, but to just keep saying yes to the intuition I feel, yes to the guide. I just keep saying yes. Many of the times, I don't know how. I, I don't know how. I'll give you one quick example but the dream is, even with the Bali experience, you know, that we just did uh, July 4th through the 15th, just a few weeks ago, uh, the Boundless Bliss uh, Bali Breakthrough Experience, for me that was another level because now we're going to take around 20 people to Bali on a radical adventure. And it's a whole other level of responsibility and to work that deeply, you know, it's not like just a seminar where I'm giving a talk, to, but to work that intensely and deeply. And I thought, well, I mean, Who's going to come? I'm going to fly across the world, 20 people. I mean, they're going to pay me. They're going to this and that. And sure, it was the same thing. There are souls waiting for this journey. And when they hear about it, they will know it's for them. And sure enough, these souls, Dr. Dream, gathered from across the universe like, like magnets. And they knew this was for them. So it, all I'm trying to say to you, to your viewers, really, is to maybe inspire someone listening today to say, look, you have a dream. You have a vision. This is life's vision. This is God's vision. This is the infinite visions that's seeking to manifest through you. You don't have to know how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, why it's going to happen. You just have to acknowledge it, say yes to it. And that same intelligence that is miraculously living you and breathing you and functioning you right now, the same intelligence that brought you into existence without even any of your, of your efforting, that same intelligence knows how to fulfill your perfect alignment of your destiny. It's not a manifestation. It's, to me, Dr. Drew, there's nothing to manifest. There's nothing to make happen. It's already, everything is already manifested. If anything, we just need to say yes and bring ourselves into alignment with, with that flow that's already existing. And as we bring ourselves into alignment, then it starts, and then it happens. You know, then, then, it's, then, it, then it reveals itself. So I just say yes. I just keep saying yes. That's kind of my mantra. <laughs> and it works. It absolutely works. And again, um, I, I um, let's see. I, I saw you in uh, Michael Perlin's film of uh, Three Magic Words. Um, loved your message in that. Loved the energy um, of how you came across. Um, I've watched you speak 
uh, at other places. I watched the videos and this and that. I had the um, the honor of being at your um, your residence in Los Angeles one night uh, with a group of of people, and I really loved that evening. It was the weekend of the. Um, it was like the Sunday after the the premiere of of, uh, oh, yes, of Michael that. Perlin's yeah. film, and um, what I liked about it, Coot, was I got to watch you in in your space, in in your environment, in your home, and um, it was I, I watched you and and really paid attention to your energy and how you work with energy and how you you took care of all of us there and 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 the the little things you did to for for people to feel comfortable um and then of course uh a little bit into the evening after everyone ate it was all music and it was this this cohesive synergistic energy through music and connection and and the people that you attract it's really i was so impressed that evening because it there there was so much authenticity in the field um and i love that and so you know you really do um you know speaking again for myself someone who's who's out there in the field um playing my role to in each moment to the best of my ability um you are inspiring and it's um it it's just great and and I want to just talk to you a little bit. You've mentioned um about the times right now and and what's going on. I mean, here we are uh Ilya said it before, like who can believe that it's already August two thousand eleven mm-hmm. and here we are inching up, and I gotta tell you, I laugh when I say inching up on. 2012 and and December 21st 2012 and the end of the Mayan calendar and all this because it hardly seems most days it hardly seems like we're inching up that sounds a little slow it seems like you know we're we're pushing the pedal to the metal (laughs) and we're going somewhere what I want to hear is I want to hear from you your perspective of of where all this is heading right now what's where are we going energetically? What what what's happening? Three D, four D, five D. Share with us a little bit of um, of of your perspective on this. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to keep it somewhat simple on one level, and <laughs> I just you know I just feel like we are in this quickening that's happening on planet Earth. We've won the cosmic lottery ticket to be alive at this point right now, and I really feel as though simply we are being called to wake up. That's the bottom line. Everything that's happening in this evolutionary process that's quickening and quickening and quickening, all the, the, the world events, the global events, the, the financial events, the, 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 the climate events, it's the universe itself evolving and waking up, but also in that on that micro level calling us to wake up and realize who we truly are. And it's almost as though, you know, as a species, we've been, especially in the mainstream, you know, where so much of the the dream and the unconsciousness is, and the Maya is existing, um, somehow we seem to have thought as a species uh, of a homo sapien that we're perhaps... Uh, we, we, we've arrived, 
like this is it. We we're kind of the highest level of of of, of species that we've evolved into. But I feel as though right now we are just stating a new species. You know, in the beginning of time, maybe I don't know, fourteen, fifteen billion years ago, when when the whole universe exploded. Uh, there was the Homo habilis and the Homo erectus and the Homo neanderthal. There's been an evolution in species, a, a jump. And now we're as the Homo sapien, but I feel as though right now these times in this pressure cooker, we're being cooked and we're being cracked open as we are being invited to let go, invited to, to, to kind of take a quantum leap, to crack open and... Literally, I feel as though a new species of who we are is evolving and being cooked and being, you know, uh, 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 given birth to right now. We are being given birth to a new species. You know, I think Tiliad Shadan called it the, the, I forget what he called it, but the, the Homo Noeticus. Uh, and, and, you know, I like to call it the new human, you know, in certain... Uh, ancient cultures, hue is is the chant for God, for for divine. So mm-hmm. I feel as though what's being birthed within us is that consciousness that the great avatars and mystics and saints and gurus have been gestating, gestating for so many years and centuries. That enlightened consciousness, but not some place far out you know, in some esoteric dimension, but we are being invited in this time to live that, to fully embody and incarnate our true divinity as a shoe man, as a divine man, as an embodied being. And I feel these are the times where it's happening and more and more of us are beginning, maybe slow, but more and more of us are beginning to become conscious and rise and wake up and start realizing, wait a second, there's something more. I'm more. And I think as we go down that path, that reality of the new human is becoming real. And I think this is the destiny that we were born for but the the phase transition, the shift, the, there's a death of the old, you could say calendar, old way of being, old perception, and 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 a leap into a whole new reality that's happening within us first. And I think for me, this is why these times, even though for many they're challenging, are also quite exciting and quite profound because. As a mass, we're being invited to, to to live this new this new humanness, this new humanity. So, uh, I say, let's embrace it. Let's get ready. Let's embrace these times with an open heart, an open mind, an open body, and uh, allow ourselves to be fully available to what's seeking to happen. Well, in your true style, you answered that in a most wonderful, inspiring, and beautiful way. Thank you. I do, I do uh, appreciate that, and it's um, it, it's a great message 
for all of us. And um yeah, now let's um let's let's give people some uh touchstones on how they can find out more about you and connect with sure. you and and uh get some free downloads. I know you have some things sure. going on. Give us some uh give us some direction here. Yeah, well I'd love to it's been a, it's been so much fun hanging out with you, Dr. Stream and Elio and and a, and a real honor and we'd love to continue the relationship with with uh, any of the listeners that feel moved and a couple of ways you can get in touch with me and obviously there's Twitter and there's Facebook, Coot Blackson, K U T E B L A C K S O N. You can YouTube me and there's a bunch of videos you'll hopefully be inspired by. There's two main ways. One is my website directly and that's www.kutblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblacksonblackson
Yeah, uh, thank you, Dr. Dream. Thank you, Coot, for being such an amazing inspiration to everybody and for really being an example um, because in my perspective, you know, we can't really change the world, but we can change ourselves. And mm. if the world wants to change, they can look at us and we can be that amazing, beautiful example and you could definitely embody uh, that. So thank you for, for being on our show and thank you for really uh, serving uh, to the one and for being on your divine path. Thanks for having me. I just love this. So this is the close to um, a really wonderful broadcast uh, this week on Dream Reality New Earth Radio. We will be back next week with a uh, very special guest. We'll be posting um, all of that information tomorrow. I am headed uh, tomorrow evening up to San Francisco and north of San Francisco uh, there are no public events that we're doing up there, but I do still have some openings for um, one-on-one or private group sessions. You can contact me direct on the DR Dream, drdream.com website. And um, August 19th at the Temple of Visions, we're doing a benefit um, for a lovely property that is going to be a community garden in the Los Angeles area. We'll be doing that again on the 19th of August with a whole uh, incredible group of people at the Temple of Visions in downtown L.A. And, of course, then right after that, we've got the Human Metamorphosis Chamber, Holosphere, at uh, Burning Man, the collaboration of several groups, including uh, Dr. Dream, Dream the Biggest Dream, and Elevate Films. Um, And then that particular experience will be taken on the road. So if you're not making it to Burning Man this year, you may very well get to have uh, this experience that we're rolling out, uh, possibly coming to, to your town. So it is that time in the broadcast that I get to share how grateful I am and how much gratitude I have for all of you being here, whether you're listening live or uh, listening to the recording after the fact, and just sending out tremendous love um, to all of you, for all of us, for the direction and and the true opening up and blossoming of of this world and this collective experience of ours. Thank you so much. Please share all the love you have in your heart. There is an undeniable and endless supply of it. And remember, as Coot says, we each have that banana, and that can make a difference uh, in one person's life. And, And that ends up being what it's all about. Thank you so much, and good night, and we'll be back next week. Blessings of love. Thank you all, and good night, everyone.